Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chrishell Counseling's Hope Through the Journey podcast. We all know that life is a challenge, and on this podcast, we are providing hope through your journey of that life. We will guide you by providing the resources and tools you may need along the way to help you create the life balance you're looking for. Our purpose is all about removing the stigma associated with mental health by talking about it in a way that we can all understand and feel comfortable with. I'm your host, Alfred Cruchel Jr., and I'm joined today by my co-host, fellow licensed professional counselor, and my sister, Letty Cruchel. So what's going on, Let? Uh, you've been out and about lately, huh? It's, it's been a while since our last one of these. I know, I know. Right? Yeah, just I, I do. I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> Let me start by saying I am really enjoying my retirement time. It, it looks like it is the dream. It looks like yeah. It. This whole idea of flexible scheduling has been such a game changer for me. Oh, amen, sister. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> of course, along with that, the downside is you miss out on the daily interactions. And if you're fortunate mm. enough to work with your friends, you go from seeing them on a daily to, well, it does take effort. So true. Yeah. yeah. That's that's true. You know, and after our last podcast about values, mm. I've really tried to focus on what's important to me. And one of those values is friendship. Mm. I do want to take time for those friendships. And one of the ways I do this is to make sure that we get quality time together. So yeah. long story longer, <laughs> get comfortable. <laughs> one of those evenings that I was with this particular couple of friends, you know who you are. We were hanging out, and um, we like to sometimes call this hanging out wine night. It's oh, it, it's a code, yeah, it's why. code. All we have to do is text each other. It's wine night, oh. and so you know <laughs> we know that it's time to get together. And so we started talking about relationships and why we behave the way we do in different relationships. Oof. I'm telling you, these these conversations they're almost philosophical sometimes. I, can I will tell you, they yes, would be. I so look forward to them. <laughs> So then something all of a sudden clicked in my friend and she started bombarding us with questions about relationships and wait, how do I behave in relationships and, and how do I know what, you know, what my relationship is like? Yeah. Why do I behave like that? And yeah. finally I said, you know what? After I said, Google it, I said, you know what? Just wait for the podcast to come out. So I'm hoping that by the end of this podcast, we will have answered her questions and more. So you know where I'm going with this, right, Al? Well, I don't want to make any assumptions here, but it sounds to me like you're talking about attachment theory. I am. And it's interesting that you brought this up because uh, lately... I've been seeing this on, on news feeds and social media also. So true. TikTok is loaded with it. I've done the research. Hashtag a chat room style. Now, well, I'm not sure if this is a timing thing, but let's dive into it because you're right. This is something that a lot of us wonder about and maybe don't have the clarity to understand why we are the way we are in our relationships and the way we interact with other people. So let's start with the term attachment theory. I mentioned the words just two seconds ago, and maybe our listeners got thrown aback by it or were wondering, wait, what did he just say? But stay with me on this. It'll make a lot more sense once I share some background information about this thing called attachment theory, okay? Yes, listeners, please stay with us. You know by now, Al loves a good definition, and we do need some background on the topic. Well, you know, I'm big on theory, too. You know yes, that. Right? Yes, so, you are. But in order for me to do this, um, I'm going to have to get a little wonky here. With all due respect to John Bowlby, the father of attachment theory, 
and also those that came after him. Uh, and we'll talk about their contributions a little bit also. But it was um, back when psychologists were developing ideas and hypotheses and theories about why we do what we do, both as individuals and in our relationship with others. British psychologist John Bowlby, uh, in the early 1950s, began looking into human attachments and their impact on human development. In one recent article that I read on attachment theory, Bowlby defined attachment as, and I'm quoting here, lasting psychological connectedness between human beings. And the key here, lasting yeah. psychological connectedness, meaning it goes into adulthood, right? It goes into your life. It doesn't go away. No, exactly. Right. So, But what he found, he found that the attachment a child makes through nurturance and responsiveness with the primary caregiver during the first few years of life was instrumental in how they developed socially and emotionally throughout the lifespan. And when we talk about the first few years of life here, I'm literally talking about infancy through, right. through the first, right. first years or so of life. But at the time, it was kind of controversial because there was another group of social scientists who believed that attachment was a learned behavior and that secure attachment was made when food was given to a child. And, and the reason that the child became attached, securely attached, because the caregiver was providing their food, their sustenance for, for living. And now that I think about it, I'm just now realizing why my dog is so attached to me. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that feeds him all the time. So maybe... Ah, uh, shout out to the outside dog, Simba. So underappreciated. I gotta love Simba. I love Simba. <laughs> anyway, so the idea of secure attachment was born out of Bowlby's work and also uh, furthered by Mary Ainsworth, uh, another psychologist, in her research. And she's actually the one who developed the first three attachment styles that we're going to take a look at. Uh, the fourth attachment style was developed after her by researchers, researchers by the name of Maine and Solomon, and they did their work back in the 80s. Just a little background on how attachment theory came to be and why it was so groundbreaking. But I think we're ready to take a look at the specific attachment styles here and, and see how they impact us today and what we can do about them. Okay, so just as I expected, that's a lot of information it's, it's lot. to process. It, no, it really is. I feel like I'm back in school. I know I have an index card somewhere with but that I information love it. I love on it. it. I know, I know. But we feel it's important to give credit <laughs> to those who did do all that research yeah. before us. So let's break it down. Let's begin with what a secure attachment style is and what it might look like. People with this attachment style are comfortable with intimacy. Mm. They are reliable and trustworthy. They are what we call emotionally available. Indeed. According to an article in Psych Central, securely attached people grow up feeling secure emotionally and physically and can engage in the world with others in a healthy way. And don't we all want to fall into that category. Yeah, I believe that's ideally where we want to be, healthy relationships. Right. right? And, and Al, what would you think if I told you that research currently suggests that 50 to 60% of the population has a secure attachment style? Hmm. Well, you know, I don't think I'd be that surprised. And, and I'll tell you why. I've been reading a book lately called The Myth of Normal by Dr. Gabor Matei. Yeah. Unbelievably fascinating read. And in it, he talks about these same attachments that we're talking about today. And it's in this early childhood, you know, infancy stage, that secure attachment seems to be the exception rather than the norm. So, no, I'm not that surprised by that stat at all. Well, what was your impression of that number? Actually, let's just say I was pleasantly surprised 
at how high the percentage is. Mm-hmm. I mean, with everything we see, people are struggling and many yeah. don't yeah. understand why. Probably because of childhood experiences mm-hmm. that some of us believe are the norm. Yeah. Let's begin to address the other styles because awareness of these is really going to help our listeners understand a little bit more about themselves and their loved ones. So let's look first at the ambivalent insecure attachment style. Now, according to research I've read lately, an ambivalent attachment style, it's fairly uncommon. It's very, fairly rare. And what this is, is when a child is growing up, their parents are not available to them and they learn that they can't depend on their caregivers to be there for them. So they typically become upset and troubled when the parent leaves. Now, what does that lead to in adulthood? Well, it leads to a craving for intimacy and being overly dependent and demanding in relationships. What do you think about that one? Ah, yes. Also known as anxious attachment. The core of this is the idea of the fear of not being good enough. Mm. So in a relationship... The craving for emotional and physical closeness can look like the person is very clingy, always questioning, did Mm. I do something wrong Mm. or what did I do wrong? This person lives in fear of being betrayed or left alone. Yeah. Because then it makes you think like, okay, like, wait a minute, am I in this kind of relationship? Right. Always makes you look at your your partner or the person you're, you're with like, mm-hmm. and, to, and to look at your oh, their attachment style too and how that impacts with or how that clashes with your attachment style. Right. right? So right. another attachment style that we, we want to look at is the avoidant insecure attachment style. Now avoidant attachment style or dismissive as it's, it's called sometimes may evolve from a childhood that may have been abusive or neglectful and the child learns to avoid caregivers. In mm-hmm. adulthood, This results in extreme self-sufficiency to the point of finding it difficult to ask for help. The person with this kind of attachment style may be incredibly independent, not seeing a need to need others or engage in close relationships at all. That is, I'm just, I'm just here like that's so sad when you hear Uh, that, you know, it's, it's like they see intimacy as a loss Mm. of their independence because they've been so used to taking care of themselves all the time and they see needing others as a weakness. So what they tend to do, even if they may not realize it, is to find fault in their relationships. Mm -hmm. They want to be close to others, but they're also busy protecting themselves from being hurt. Yeah, yeah. And there's still one more attachment style, and that is the disorganized, insecure, or fearful attachment style. Now, this is when a child receives inconsistent behavior from the caregiver. The child gets confused by the nurturing nature of the caregiver on one hand, but at other times is fearful of the caregiver, creating confusion for the child. Right. Right? So in adulthood, this leads to a desire for close relationships and at the same time, fear of vulnerability. So they may act unpredictably in relationships due to their internal conflict between a desire for intimacy and a fear of it. Yeah. So if that sounds confusing to you, it's because it is. Hence the term disorganized, right? You know, and in all fairness, I think we have all had that disorganized feeling. So you know, we can all understand that. We yeah. can relate to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that we've talked about the different attachment styles, a question may be, are we stuck in that attachment style? And no, the immediate no. response is absolutely not. Yeah. 
The good news is that even if you identify with an insecure attachment style, research today tells us that we are not cemented into that attachment style for life. Yeah, 100% on that one. But just like you talked about at the outset of the podcast, secure attachment is the goal here. And exactly. there is hope through the journey. Uh, did you get Did you get that one? Though? I so oh. did catch that. Now, did our listeners catch it? Well, all, <laughs> rewind it if you didn't. All kidding aside, awareness is critical here, so that I know where to go and what to do on my way to a secure attachment style. Yeah. So, next question then on everyone's mind now: What is my attachment style? Well, I'm here to tell you. There's a way to find out. The first one, I have a couple of them. The first one I found is a short 15-question quiz on verywellmind.com. Now, this quiz measures the feelings associated with the four attachment styles. Remember, this is in no way a diagnosis of any kind. Okay? Disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. So then I found a website called Mm attachmentproject.com. And that is the quiz that I recommend if you really want to reflect on your relationships and have that awareness. This one asks you to respond to statements with respect to your caregiver figures, to Mm. romantic relationships and close relationships in general. So Mm. it's it's five minutes and it's free. So this one, you take the quiz and depending on your honest responses, you know, you then you can identify your attachment style. What I like about this one mm. is that it breaks it down to the different caregivers and you respond to those statements depending on how you felt with those people. Ooh, in so your it's life. Just specific with Correct. those specific people Correct. in your life. Yes. Hmm. Remember, this is not a right or wrong quiz, it is meant only as a tool. It doesn't define you as a person. It's meant to be used as a guide to better understand ourselves, our interactions, and our behaviors in relationships. And because I wouldn't recommend something to our listeners without trying it first, I did take the quiz. Oh. I did. Good for you, Liz. Thanks. What do you think, Al? Have you taken the quiz yet? Well, do you want to share what you what was t- attachment style? Or is that well, no, on no, the too- fifth try, no. All right, I'm not going to put you on the spot there, Lance. <laughs> what do I think? Uh, have I no? I have not taken the quiz, not yet, but I will. I think it would serve all, us all well to get that awareness, and taking that quiz is, is a good way to do that, right? Um, and it's free, so do it. It's worth it, I think. Uh, but then it allows us to figure out how to move forwards towards a more secure attachment that's going to help build a better relationship with ourselves and the people around us. So thank you for that. Let, yeah. um, I, I want to go over just a few ways in which we can move towards that secure attachment. Right. Because the other thing, the other thing I will say is, is in the readings that we did, it's sometimes we can go in and out of different styles. Mm. Again, it depends on who the relationship is with. Right. You know? Okay. It's, yeah. 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 It, I can it's, see that. So, so well, what are some of the things that we can do, obviously awareness is the first step. But then we can start to learn better ways to communicate and express ourselves while learning to manage our emotions and relationships. That, that's a big one, too. Definitely. Something else you can do is look at other healthy relationships around you, uh, maybe couples of people you've seen or, yeah. or whatever, and see how they do it. How, what kind of healthy boundaries do they use in their interactions with each other? Another thing you can look at is... Taking care of yourself. Yes, I'm talking about self-care here. 
There but you go. <laughs> this helps manage stressful so situations. So misunderstood. Right? <laughs> it helps us manage stressful situations and helps put things in perspective for us. Finally, I'll just add in another one here. Start to act opposite from your own attachment style. Of course, after you've taken the quiz and you found out what your attachment style is, right. you need to start to act opposite. So if, for example, you have an anxious style, try taking small steps to become more independent. And if you have an avoidance style, try letting down your guard and, and initiating intimacy, for example. So just something, some, some ways in which to do that. Yeah. And you know what? Also think of these as shifts in your beliefs again we go back to core beliefs what do we believe yes, of ourselves yes, you know so yes. a shift to realizing that yes. you are good enough mm-hmm. a shift to learning to associate love with feeling calm yeah instead of associating anxiousness you know with right, love right, it's right. it's feeling calm with love a shift in your belief that sharing experiences and closeness can bring happiness mm. Again, studies show us that having a secure attachment style leads to greater happiness and satisfaction in relationships. And who doesn't want that? Uh, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Uh, Me too. We're all so, so, and you know, and I I think back like you were saying earlier, looking at other relationships, you know, not just the romantic ones, but also look at other parent-child relationships. Mm -hmm. After you think about what you experienced, okay, so look at that and what do I want to keep from that? What do I want to learn? You know, in any sibling relationships, all relationships. Good stuff. Attachment styles. What's yours? Well, that's going to do it for today, Lad. It's going to do it for the episode. We hope, uh, everyone, we hope you learned something about your attachment style and how it has impacted your life and what you can do about it. If you enjoyed the show and like what you heard, share it with your friends, post it to social media, forward the link to your colleagues at work, anything you can do to help us spread the importance of mental health. And to ensure you don't miss a single episode of the podcast, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, too, you can sign up for our blog to get more from Chriselle Counseling. So much information on that blog. Come on, people. I love it. (laughs) Just enter Chriselle Counseling on your favorite search engine or go directly to our website, www.chriselcounseling.com that's c-r-i-x-e-l-l counseling.com and become one of our loyal subscribers today if you're trying to find us on social media you can follow me on instagram account my instagram account chriselejr.alfred that working audience follow you on social media they can find me on instagram at anna chriselle so once again thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast remember practice makes permanent life is a journey everyone thank you for allowing us to share a little piece of our life with you remember you're not alone we're in this together we got this talk soon goodbye